Talking today about a new thing. Well, you know, it's kind of a good thing to talk about on Pentecost Sunday, right? You know, the Holy Spirit uh, it can help us get from where we were to where we want to get to, right? It's the power to live that life. And last week, uh, for those of you that were here or watched the message online, you know, we started this series called Baggage. And, you know, I mean, this is not your suitcase you take on vacation, Okay, this is, this is that junk, those, those loads, right, that baggage that we tend to drag around. It's heavy stuff from our past, and it's the stuff that weighs us down, it wears us out, and it holds us back. And it keeps us from moving forward in our lives into those places, those destinations, those plans that God has created for both you and me. Now, if we're honest, right, I think we'd all agree that... Uh, that baggage is often the result of our own bad decisions. Sometimes it's from harm that others have done to us. But you know, the one thing we might not think about is sometimes this baggage is a little harder to recognize. Okay? Uh, because it comes, uh, you know, if we go find it, it's, it's stored in boxes or in bags called comfortable memories or the good old days. It's some period of our lives that we've labeled in our mind as safer, simpler, and less chaotic. Question for you. How many of you, and, and by the way, we're not gonna name any names when I do, okay. okay. How many of you know some people or a person from your past, you know, maybe all the way back to high school, okay, you know, way back, and they've never moved beyond that time of their lives. Yeah, I think we all probably could say, yep, yeah, okay. And, okay, now, no names, but what are some characteristics of folks like that? Anybody? It could be bitter. Immature. Immature, could be that. Stubborn. They could be stubborn. Yeah, and... You ever notice, if you're ever around them, though, what do they want to talk about? The past, right? I mean, you know, sometimes they, all, they want to go relive senior prom again, right? You know, or they want to, you know, or that one big football game, or that, if whatever it is, they, their lives are, are stuck back here, okay? Then, then there's some other folks you may know who may not be looking that far back, but maybe they're living their lives constantly replaying, you know, the VCR, replaying the videotapes in their minds of maybe the last 5, 10, 20 years. But each time they play those tapes, what they're doing is they're reliving the poor decisions that they made. Decisions that came with consequences. And they end up weighing themselves down with this baggage that's labeled what if, or if only. They, and so their lives is really all about creating sort of imaginary storylines where, you know, that are improvements to their reality. But the problem of that is, is that they're not living the life that God created for them to live. So that's really the problem, right? The problem is, is that when we live like this, we rob ourselves of what's real. We rob ourselves of what's actual. And we rob ourselves of the fresh new things that God wants to do 
in our lives today. God has plans to bless you, to prosper you. And no matter your past, no matter how old you are, for some of us that's getting to be a bigger thing, okay? He still has plans and wants to take you to wonderful places. And he wants to position you to accomplish awesome things. Things that you can't even imagine. God speaking through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 spoke to this directly. He said, forget about the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now get this. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. Usually the wilderness is pretty hard to get through. Right? I mean, if you think about it, why is this verse here? Usually the wilderness is hard to get through. He says, I'm making a way through the wilderness. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. I'm going to get you to the place you could never imagine you could get to anymore because of these things in your past that you've been believing. But I got new stuff for you. I'll make a way in the wilderness and I'll make streams in the wasteland or streams in the desert. I'm going to put water where there's no water. Listen, if God can make a way when there's no way and he can put water in the middle of the desert, God can get you from where you are to where he'd like you to be if you'll just be willing to go. Today we're going to talk about leaving all that past baggage behind, no matter what it's labeled. Okay, And we're going to talk about moving forward with confidence into the present reality of God's provision for you and for me. Remember this, the lie of the enemy, and it's a big one, the lie of the enemy is that you are totally and permanently defined by your past. And you're never going to get away from it, so just get used to it. He's pretty good at that too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but the truth of God, and it's what we just read in Isaiah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. You don't have to live there. The fact is, God is always doing new things. And there's really great news in that, in that God is doing new things for you. He's doing them for you. The question then for us today is, how do we move forward? How do we let go of that stuff? What do we do? And how do we get ready for that new thing that God is doing? Okay, number one, the first one you got to do is this is really a highly technical. Are you ready for this one? We got to leave the past in the past. Okay, we got to leave the past in the past. Some of us need to tra- take the trailer hitch off the back of our life. <laughs> we need to take that, you know, the ball off the trailer hitch and, and leave the trailer of all the baggage behind and drive on without it. Okay, take that trailer back to U-Haul and quit dragging it around with you. We gotta leave the past in the past. We gotta let go of it. Look, this can be difficult, and we even see stories of that in scripture. Just think about it. I don't I had never thought of this one exactly as a great example, but this is exactly awesome. Think of it. In the Old Testament, when Pharaoh called Moses in in the middle of the night and said, Guys, go. Get out of town. I'm letting you go. In the middle of the night, all of a sudden, 
after 400 years of being slaves. In Exodus 12, 31, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron, and he said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go, worship the Lord as you've requested. Think about it. At this particular moment, at that very moment, the Israelites were being granted freedom from over 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. This is the only life the people alive at that time had ever known. They had been slaves their entire lives. And, and it's not like they had been, they'd been getting emails for the last three months going, hey, get packing, clear, you know, clean out the attic, okay, you know, we're going to be leaving. All of a sudden, in the middle of the night comes the word, you got to go. This is your chance. Can you imagine what those folks were feeling like as they quickly were packing up their homes, their families, their livestock, everything, everything. And they had to start walking into the wilderness to a place they had never been. To a place they had never been. Leaving, and, and I realize this sounds crazy, but, but think about it, leaving everything they knew behind. I mean, like the relatives they had buried there. You know, they're, they're leaving all that they have known behind. Let, let's not discount how difficult that could be. Now, what's even maybe in one sense, because we would say, well, they've just been granted their freedom. And of course, we'd all be glad about that. So maybe even the more interesting thing is to imagine that anyone who's ever just been given their freedom after 400 years would ever want to go back. But that's exactly what they did. In Numbers 14, 1 to 4, there's a, a time that came after some time in the desert, and it says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and they wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Can you imagine? No doubt. Now look, let's, let's not be too hard on them. I mean, let's, re let's remember, no doubt, wandering around in the wilderness was hard. That was hard. And it was certainly different than what they were accustomed to. And many of them just simply wanted things to go back to, to the way they were, to the way they used to be. No matter how bad it was, at least in their minds, it would be familiar. It would be familiar. And at that particular moment, apparently to them, familiar seemed better. If we're not careful, we can do the same thing. We can live the same way. We can start moving forward with God, hit one bump in the road, and start to think, maybe I should just turn around and go back to where I came from. It won't be better, but it'll be familiar. How many of us have gotten stuck in the familiar rather than the better? Paul wrote about it, Galatians 5, verse 1. He said, it was for freedom 
that Christ set you free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. That slavery may not mean working, building bricks for the Egyptians. That slavery may mean locking you back in your past, a slave to your past, a slave to your memories, a slave to that baggage labeled what if and comfortable memories rather than moving forward into that new land that God has for you. Paul's encouraging us to leave the past in the past and to stand firm in our newfound freedom. Truth is, God does have something new for you, but the, the challenge for us is we can't, if, if God's got something new for me out here, if I'm looking back at my past and I can't let it go, I'm not seeing it. I, I got to be looking forward. I got to be looking and, and moving with God to see what he's got for me. So today we need to make that decision to let go of the past. Stop being a victim. Things don't disappear on their own. You got to make a decision to let go of it. And I know that's hard sometimes, but you just got to do it. You got to make a decision to let go of it. It's a conscious decision that only you and I can make for ourselves. Because as long as you or I stay, and we choose to stay focused on the past, we're going to be facing the wrong direction. So we're not going to see the future that God has for us out here. Okay, just one, I got to step out of this for one second and say, by the way, on one thing, don't confuse learning from the past. Don't confuse that with allowing the past to control you. Okay, it's perfectly good to look back at the past, to one, to learn from it and go, you know what? I don't need to do that again to know that that's a bad idea. Right? Okay, we can learn from it. But you know the other reason it's good sometimes to look back? Sometimes it's good to look back for a moment to say, Lord, you really were faithful. I couldn't see it then, but from where I am now, moving forward, I can look back and I can say, first of all, I wouldn't even be where I am right now. I might not even be alive, God, if you hadn't saved me from back here. So it's okay to look back to learn. It's okay to look back in order to give God praise for the things he's done in your life to bring you to where you are now. Okay? But... That, but let's also, you know, let's just remember, though, that the problem comes when we decide to look back and stay there, right, and get comfortable there again, stop moving forward. There's a, okay, one of the other things we don't want to underestimate the difficulty of, because it's really one of the biggest hurdles, I think, that a lot of us face in moving forward, and, and that's got to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness. Okay, whether it's forgiving someone else or forgiving ourselves. We've got to remember, as we've said a number of times in the past, forgiveness isn't about saying that what someone else did to you is okay. It's certainly not saying that what they did to you, like you agree with it. Okay, when, when people have hurt you, it wasn't okay. And you don't agree with it. But you say, I'm going to forgive you so that I can move on. Until you forgive, you've got a boat anchor. That's what it is. If you want to hold on to forgiveness, you get to live your life dragging around a boat anchor. If you don't live in forgiveness, if we drag it around, that bitterness that will come with it, we're dragging a boat anchor. But it's actually worse than that. Because 
we all know if you allow yourself, whether you want to use the word hatred or bitterness, or, but that unforgiveness, you got to understand that when you don't forgive, until you do forgive, you are stuck with that person or that event, and you can't get rid of it. Because the truth of it is that everything that you hate or are bitter towards, those things or those people become etched on your heart. They become etched on your heart. And it will always be with you until you forgive. So to move forward, we got to let go of the, this pain, this hurt, these things from the past that weren't right, but were forgiving for us so that we get free of it. We cut the chain of that boat anchor and we can move forward into what God has for us. You know, forgiving is not a sign of weakness. I think some people think if I forgive, that's kind of like, well, I had to, because, you know, what could I do? No, let me tell you something. Forgiveness takes guts and it takes courage. But forgiving yourself or others lets you stop being stuck in the past and start moving forward. So, the first thing we got to do then to get ready for the new thing God wants to do is to leave the past in the past. And forgiveness for a lot of folks is the first big step in doing that. Second thing we got to do is believe that the best is still ahead of us. The best is yet to come. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of happier when I've got some things to look forward to. You know, I like to have things that I like to do on the calendar out, you know, some days in the future, right? You know, whether it's a trip to go see a grandchild or to dinner out with friends or an evening at the theater or what, you know, whatever, anything, whatever it is in your life, things that you enjoy doing, right? Okay, I mean, honestly, one of the things I love doing, I look forward to every week is Thursday night at 7 o'clock, we got this Zoom Bible study. And, you know, for the last year, Man, everything else in life was shut down. I started, and I still do, I really look forward to Thursday night, 7 o'clock, logging into Zoom, because I know, one, we're going to have a great discussion. I'm going to see friends that I care about, and it's just going to be, it's going to be this wonderful time of fellowship. Okay? So, I don't know about you, but see, I like, I like, I like looking out there and going, i got some things coming up that I'm looking forward to doing. Okay? So, uh, and hopefully, now that the, this, the longest year in history has passed us, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be, start being easier for us to plan more things, you know, in all of our lives, right? To, to have more things to look forward to. But, but we're, I'm happier when I have things to look forward to, and plans, okay? And, and as I thought about it, I think God is the same way. Because Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I've made for you. See, he's looking out in the future. God, I think God likes to have plans out here, right? Because he, he, likes, he likes to watch his kids walk into those plans. Okay? He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So when it comes to baggage, the best part of that, you know, letting go of the past 
is the excitement of discovering the future and starting to walk forward to those plans that God has for you and me. Look, a few years ago, um, I retired from 40 years of working in the marketplace, okay? And, you know, when, that, when I first did that, some people would ask me, well, you know, what are you going to do now? You know, how are you going to fill the day? How are you going to stay busy? Well, the truth is, and I think it's the truth for most people, when I first retired, I didn't really know the answer to all that. You know? But I was confident of one thing. I was confident that God had confirmed in my spirit that it was time when I had retired for me to turn the page on that. So that also made me confident because God says, I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. So I was confident that when the time was right, God would show me what those plans were. That God would lead me into that new chapter of life. And it's been great. It's been great. It's different. But different's good, right? Different's not always bad. Different's good. And so, God, you know, I've never been busier. Sometimes I'm, I wonder, how can a guy that retires be busier than I felt like I was when I was working? My kids try and call me sometime, and I say, I don't have time to talk right now. And they say, well, I thought you retired. I say, well, I'm busy. I've got, you know, I've got things I've got to do. It's, but, but look, when we're walking in God's plans, even when it's a change or a big change, it doesn't mean it's a bad change. It's just change. But God is always doing new things, and sometimes it's just like the Israelites needing to leave Egypt. It's change. Fact is, you and I can trust God with all the areas of our lives, whether it's got to do with work, retirement, relationships, ministry opportunities, and not only with today, but also with tomorrow. He's with you today. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you strength to help you accomplish everything that he wants you to do, everything he has for you today. But the good news is he'll also lead you towards tomorrow and all those wonderful places that he has planned for you to go. Remember, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. There was a great little story I just have to share with you because I liked it when I read it. Uh, it's a story about a woman who had found out she had uh, a terminal illness and had a relatively short period of time uh, to live. So she was meeting with her pastor to talk about planning her, her memorial service. And so they talked, and she said, you know, what scripture she would like to have read, the, some songs that were her favorites that she would like to make sure that people sang. And they kind of put all the plans together. And, Pastor uh, was just about ready to leave, and the woman said, hey, hang on just a minute. I, got, I thought of one more thing that's important to me. He says, well, tell me about that. And he says, she says, well, I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. <laughs> okay? And the pastor kind of turned around and looked at the woman, and a little puzzled look, and the woman said, well, let me explain to you. She said, you know, for years... I've been attending church dinners. <laughs> One of my favorite things, right? I've been attending church dinners. And she says, in all those years, 
right, you know, like if they were clearing the plates, you know, usually somebody, one of my friends sitting around would say, don't forget to hold on to your fork. Don't forget to hold on to your fork. Because something else is coming. Something good is coming. And so she said, so I want to be buried with my fork. And she says, in that way, people are going to walk by and see me. And they're going to say, what in the world is she doing with a fork in her hand? And she said, I want you to tell them. Hold on to your fork. Because there's something better coming. Something better coming. And she knew it. Okay. Look, God has got this beautiful journey that he's planned for both of us, for all of us. Okay, but it can only begin when we understand and trust God that we ought to hold on to our fork because the best is yet to come. Okay? The third thing is we got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. Truth is, most folks don't like doing that. Most folks don't want to go out wandering in the dark, in the middle of the night, into the wilderness, just like God told the Israelites to do. Really, it'd be a lot easier to believe that God was going to do that good new thing in our lives if he'd just email you a blueprint of it in advance so you could study it and make sure you agree with it. And then if he'd provide you with a roadmap on how to get there, wouldn't it? That'd be a whole lot easier to walk that way. Here's the simple truth. We cannot be in control all of the time. In fact, I have a feeling that even there's times when we think we're in control that we really have a lot less control than we do. Right? If you think about it. For example, we can't control other people's actions and decisions and how they might affect our lives. Anything could happen driving home today. I mean, a lot of things can happen that are out of our control. We certainly can't insulate ourselves from every potentially bad or damaging situation in life. However, here's what we do get to choose. We get to choose how we will respond to those situations. And also we get to decide whether or not we're going to hold on to them. Whether we're going to hold on to them and let them and drag them around with us. The biggest decision that most of us are going to have to make today in our lives is to, every day of our lives, is to choose whether we're going to move forward in obedience and alignment with God's plans for our lives, even if the path looks uncertain or difficult. That's really the biggest choice, the biggest decision we make every day, putting one foot in front of the next living each day in obedience, moving towards God's plans, believing that we can trust him and we can walk by faith in his promises and not by what we see. Okay, here's a question, real, real talk for a real question, okay? What's your biggest concern about trying to walk by faith? What's the scariest part of that? Not knowing the future, okay, that's one. What else? What else? Can you think of a 
Yeah, that boy, that was mine. That what? But what if I get it wrong, God? I'm, 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 I'm willing. But, but what if I miss a turn? Right? What if I, what if I, I, I thought I heard you, but what if I heard wrong? Right? I think that's probably the scariest part for most people in actually saying, you know, again, sitting here in church today, right? I'm, you know, if I say walk by faith and not by sight, everybody will say. Amen. Yeah, right. But, but, but out there tomorrow, it gets a little harder, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. And I think if we really tell the truth, the number one reason for most of us about why that's hard to do is, but what if I mess up? What if I got it wrong? Well, can I give you some good news? Even your cell phone knows how to solve that problem. No, just think about it for a second. Pull up your little smartphone, get your map, you know, app, type in an address where you want to get to, right? And what happens? A route to get there pops up on your phone, right? Yeah, but, but here, but, okay, that's, so that's God. God has given you some plan. He said walk by faith. Okay, the, there's a plan out there. But on your cell phone, once you've got that, that route showing, what happens if you miss the turn? It reroutes you. Yes, yes, it reroutes you. Aren't you thankful that your cell phone, when you miss the turn, doesn't yell at you and say, you blew it. You missed the turn I told you to take, so now I just go back home and stay there. I'm not going to let you go there anymore. No, what your cell phone does is it reroutes you. And you know what? In our life, when we mess up, if we, if we miss a beat somehow and we don't follow exactly what God has planned, did you know God wants to get you there enough that as long as you're trying, He'll just keep rerouting you? It might be on unpaved roads. It might get a little tougher depending on how far off the path you go. But if you will trust God and walk by faith rather than by sight, he will get you to the destination that he has planned for you. And that is a blessing. That alone should give us confidence that we can walk by faith and not by sight. I'm glad that God doesn't give up, give up on us. I'm glad he doesn't. I'm glad he just opens up a new path to get us to where he, to the things he's prepared for us. Look, when you're only willing to navigate by sight, you're going to always be limited by what you can see. Most of us can't see that far. When you walk by faith, you have no limits to where you can go. No limits. No limits. God can take you anywhere. God's Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you, and God will provide you with the wisdom you need. He'll make your steps secure. Look, today's Pentecost. And uh, it's the day uh, when, uh, when Jesus promised in Luke 24, 46 through 39. If you remember those verses, he's, it's Jesus talking. He told him, he said, this is what it was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Then he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. 
but stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed on, with uh, power from on high. This power, as we know, is the gift and the filling of the Holy Spirit. It was described very in great detail in Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. It says that when the day of Pentecost came, the believers, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. These people were all followers of Jesus already. Let's just be clear, right? These folks were already followers of Jesus. If they had died the night before, they would be in heaven, right? They would be with the Lord, okay? So this filling of the Holy Spirit was something different. It was something apart from salvation, and the Apostle Peter explained these events to all who witnessed it in this way in Acts 2, verses 16 and 18. He said, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I think we would all agree that becoming a follower of Jesus does not make your life easier, necessarily, because once you make that decision, the enemy is constantly trying to get you to decide that following Jesus was a bad idea and drag you back by bringing up all those memories all that baggage, and, and want to get you to stay back here. Because the enemy knows that all those plans that God has for you out here are to bless you, to prosper you, to be good for you. And so here we are, caught. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can live that life to get us over those tough times. I think we would all agree that the enemy is constantly trying to get us to decide that it was a bad idea. But the Holy Spirit will give you and me the power to live the life that Jesus has called us to live, to be more like him. And he's poured out his Holy Spirit on men and women, young and old. I'm really thankful that the filling of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. To everyone. Not a select few. Not, you know, okay, not, after, not only after you've attended church so many times. I mean, it is available to anyone who desires that. So today on Pentecost Sunday, I want to invite you to believe that God wants to do a new thing in your life not only free you from the past when we leave all that behind, but if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, to do a new thing in your life today by filling you with the Holy Spirit, providing you with the power to successfully navigate the journey into that future that God has planned for you. So 
For those of you who are with me, why don't you stand as we get ready to close. For those of you watching online, uh, you can uh, follow along with us from home as well. Um, but in the room here, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Okay, But I, I have a question for you. How many of you are ready today? And you say, I want to leave the past behind and move forward. Yeah, that's me. I want to leave the past behind and move forward. I Just great. Lord, today you see our hands. You can put them down. You can see our hands. Lord, today we, we're done with being held back from the past, Lord. Today we choose to move forward with you. We're going to leave the past in the past. God, we're going to recognize that the best is yet to come. And Lord, we're going to be willing to get there because we recognize, Father, that we're willing to walk by faith and not by sight. So, Lord, I pray that you would bring that to pass in each of our lives. Amen. Got another question for you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Anybody here today, how many of you today would say, I want to ask God to fill me with everything he has for me. I want everything he has for me. I want the power of his Holy Spirit. So if today you would say, God, if you have more for me, I want it. I want it. Then raise your hand. Hands everywhere. Lord, today, God, you have heard, you've seen our hands. Lord, today, we just say, Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, we want everything you have for us. We receive it, Father. We receive it with joyful, thankful hearts. Because, Father, we want to get to the places you want to take us. We want the power to overcome the lies of the enemy and to live the life, Father, that where we walk by faith and not just by sight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And now to the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.